Soulish podcast. My name is Whitney Apke and I'm your host. Today I have the privilege of having Amy Louise Cash as a guest and we're going to talk all about attracting powerful and healthy relationships. Amy is a thought leader and a transformational relationship coach. She's also the host and founder of the Wake Up Sisterhood podcast. Amy inspires women with a deeper knowledge and understanding of themselves with confidence to use their voice powerfully in any relationship, whether romantic, with family, friends, or even coworkers. Amy empowers women to show up unapologetically and to embody and love the queen within themselves. Amy's passion lies in supporting and inspiring women to truly own their truth and remember their worth. She is incredible and so inspiring. I guarantee you that you will re-listen to this episode again and again. Amy, it's so good to have you, and it's such a privilege to be able to meet you all the way from Australia. I just think that's so cool um, <laughs> we can do this, and um, I just, I wanted to have the conversation with you about attracting powerful and healthy relationships. As like a single lady, I'm thinking, you know, how do I attract that? I want to attract that, that powerful and healthy relationship. That's exactly what I want to attract, and I know everybody wants to attract and so I wanted to kind of have that broad conversation with you, but to, um, to start out, maybe we discuss what does a powerful and healthy relationship look like? So I believe that it will look different for each individual because we all have different wants and needs in our life and we, um, all operate differently. And, um, I say that because I am, seven months into a new marriage and I am learning, relearning, unlearning all of this myself. Even though this is the work I'm doing, I'm I'm entering into like a deeper aspect of what I do and understanding it on a deeper level. Um, but I'll speak from my own, for myself, of like what a um, powerful, healthy relationship is. And I would say firstly, it's the relationship I have with myself like making sure that that is the first powerful, healthy relationship I have because relationships, I believe, are the foundation for success in every area and the relationship with ourselves is the one that comes first. So a powerful, healthy relationship begins with me having that powerful, healthy relationship with myself. Um, We get what we are in life. So if we don't have a healthy relationship with I, we can't have a healthy relationship with we. Mm. Like it has, to, it has to begin here. And so if I was to explain what a powerful, healthy relationship is for me, and if you asked me this three weeks ago, it probably would have been a different answer. For me, it is compassion, um, choosing to understand your partner, mm. um, knowing that it's not your way or the highway. And I say this because I've realized this about myself. Um, and like fully in the last couple of weeks, I've, I've been like handed my ass in a way. <laughs> um, thank you, 2020, COVID, all the things. It's like, <laughs> here you go. Um, but a powerful, healthy relationship is one where you, you truly um, intend to understand each other. Um, you are clear in your wants and needs and your boundaries and your standards within yourself and within a partnership. Um, you're, you're able to communicate that with your partner, but with yourself first. Um, and, and really one where you continue to come back to compassion and remember why you're there. Like what, what was the reason you you said yes to this person or mm. like what what is the basis you know and like coming back to that constantly um but really I'm just going to continue to come back to the relationship we have with ourselves first so good that is so good and I guess because it's that whole thing of if you're not showing up for yourself and if you're not investing in yourself you can't show up and invest in someone else or others right exactly yeah exactly I mean um like I said, we get what we are. So if we are, if I am a workaholic 
and I'm working all the time. And, um, but then I'm like, oh, I've been dating all these guys and none of them are emotionally available. Like they're all unavailable. Well, then where do I look within myself and see where I'm unavailable? And if I'm a workaholic, I'm unavailable because I'm only available to my job. So true. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced that. It's so true. Do you mind me asking what happened a couple weeks ago that that shift happened for you? Do you mind yeah, sharing? I mean, yeah, that's fine. Um, so like, like I said, I've been married for seven months now. We've been in a relationship for 11 months only. Um, 11, nearly 12. Next month, it's, it's a year for us. Wow. Um, and, and my husband, which I'm so grateful for, um, in December last year, I was on my way back to LA to because that's where we were living. We had an apartment in Venice. And on my way back to LA, I went to Hawaii for a few days to have a vacation by myself on my way back. Well, I didn't actually make it to my vacation. I got detained by the federal police in Hawaii and I got put in prison for a night and I got denied entry to the country. So I was pretty much MIA for two days. So my husband didn't know where I was. I had friends ringing the coroner to see if I was dead. Like nobody knew where I was. Oh my god! And so, so two two and a half days later, I arrived back in Sydney. They put me on a plane back to Australia. And so I've been sitting in a prison. Like all this stuff's going through my head. I thought my relationship may be over because now I'm in Australia. I can't be in the United States right now. And as soon as we got on the phone and talked, he said, what do you need me to do? Come there. And I said, yes, I would love that. And he was like, okay. Within like two or three days, he went, he was in Miami at the time. He flew back to LA, packed up our whole apartment, got on a plane and flew to Australia. So then we got married in Australia and um, so beautiful. Then he went back to LA. And so it's been like this little bit of a journey. We had, we were separated for a little bit. Then he got back into Australia nine hours before they closed the borders because of COVID. So it was divine timing, all beautiful. Now we dived into our relationship pretty fast. And what I've realized about myself is in the last two weeks is that I have some very deep controlling tendencies. Now, I didn't see this. I couldn't see it within myself until a couple of weeks ago. And I don't even know at what point I saw it, but I started to see it. And specifically, actually, this this week itself, I've seen it deeper. And so whenever we would have conflict or there would be an argument or something like that, I would tend to use my voice and speak words that I don't mean to speak to try and be in my power. Because as a woman, especially now, because I've been through this journey where I felt like I didn't have a voice for 31 years, now I've found my voice and and I've found my power as a woman. And so my biggest fear is losing my power as a woman in my relationship. Mm -hmm. So what I've like noticed about myself is that I feel in my relationship up until a week or two ago is that I need to use my words to stay in my power but what was happening was I was actually being very destructive to my relationship Mm. because I was using words that were so ineffective and extremely hurtful to him and so the words I were using were like sticking a knife in his heart to me, those words aren't hurtful. Like I was like, oh, these are fine. But to him, they were certain words that would cut his knife, his heart with a knife. Mm-hmm. And so in one way, I've thought that, you know, I'm doing the right thing for myself, like being in my power, doing this right thing. I'm not intentionally trying to hurt my husband, but I'm saying these words that are actually like really hurtful to him and are shifting our relationship in a way. And so a couple of things, like firstly, I've been learning that I can be silent and still be in my power. And the reason I say that is because, and and this will relate to a lot of people because we do feel like we have to react and say something back to like 
you know, be right or like whatever it is. And so for me, my choice in those moments, and this is what I'm working on, instead of reacting in those moments with some words that aren't nice, I'm like, oh, no, let me choose to be silent in this moment. And in that moment, I'm in the most power I have because I'm choosing the silence. And so that's been my first thing. And the second thing is like the controlling. Now, this I now that I see it, I see it show up all over my life, like where I try to control. And, and I said to one of my friends the other day, I'm like, do you think that this is something that I can change? And she was like, of course. And you've been doing it for 35 years of your life. And so be gentle with yourself because it's going to be a process. And so, you know, now I'm at this point, which I haven't had a conversation yet, but now I'm at this point of like, okay, now I get to be vulnerable with him and share with him like, hey, you know what? Like I realize that my behavior has been destructive for our relationship and it was never my intention. But in those moments, I felt like I was doing the right thing for our relationship by standing up for myself when really I just see that it's been destructive. And so for me, like, I actually feel like 2020 is like, like slapping my face like 14 million times and like, <laughs> like handing my work to me on a silver platter, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know if that even answers what you, totally. what you asked, but. Oh yeah. And as you were talking, I was kind of, I was reflecting to myself because I deal with the same thing and I've dealt with it in, in all of my relationships. I can look back and see where I needed to control and either from the beginning of the relationship, needing that affirmation, um, either verbal or physical in order to feel accepted and wanted and beautiful and loved Mm -hmm. and desired and all of that. And so I can, I can actually see where even in like suggestions, you know, in suggestive ways, um, basically trying to control the the conversation or uh, what the relationship looks like or defining the relationship so that then I feel comfortable and confident that we we've put a label on it. So it's, it's there. Right. And not just letting it happen and not letting him lead. And as women in this culture, it is very hard for us to walk in our femininity and not feel like we have to step into a masculine kind of uh, energy or role or ambiance, you know, creating that space of hear me. I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm loud. I'm, I'm worthy of listening to because I'm strong. I'm independent. I got this, you know, whether Mm -hmm. that's in the workplace or in a relationship. And I think I look back and I see where I stepped into maybe more, not that it's a bad thing, but it's just where you're operating from. And it's outside of what maybe your makeup is or your design or, you know, however you want to relate to it, but stepping into more of a masculine energy in a relationship where you have a masculine partner. And for those who have a feminine partner, maybe stepping into more of a feminine energy, who knows, but I can see where I've stepped in and kind of tried to lead or, and we do that by control, by manipulation, by trying to organize <laughs> what's happening so that we we don't have to fear the future or the outcome of the conversation or anything like that. So I completely relate. And I know everyone who's listening to this can relate to that 1000%. (laughs) You're not alone, Amy. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the, the beautiful thing to understand here, like piggybacking on what you just said is that, um, men are natural protectors and providers. Yes. And like you, like, as you were saying about the masculine feminine, if we want to be in relationship with a man, like a masculine man, who protects and provides for us, we need to create space for them to be that. And so often when we are masculine, which I like am so guilty for this and I'm trying to work on it like deeply at the moment, there's no room for them to show up as the man and to provide and protect because sometimes when us women are in our masculine, we're like, no, I'm independent. I've got this. I don't need, like, you know, they start they start to feel unwanted Mm -hmm. because they don't think you need them. Right. And my husband 
said those exact words to me. He said, if I'm not wanted here, I'll go back to Mexico where my, my family wants me. Oh. And, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. Because deep down I do want him, but my, my energy and my actions have said otherwise. Yeah, and they can feel it. I know mm-hmm. in my past relationships they for sure felt like they didn't have a space that that wasn't being created for them. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know it can happen the other way, you know, and even if you're in a, you know, same gender relationship, we all have feminine and masculine energy. We're, we're both, it's just what we're operating in more of. And um, so I know for people that are maybe feminine, feminine or masculine, masculine there, it's more of, the relationship that you have and what you've built together. And if, as long as you're making space for each other Mm. and, and not undercutting and, uh, or shoving out because it it's, it is an energy. And as we're talking about masculine energy as a feminine, uh, you know, as a woman and in our feminine energy and, and that's our default, like that's, that's our makeup, you know, there are probably some women that are more masculine and we kind of label them the tomboys. Right. But mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of friends from college that were technically tomboys and they are happily in a relationship with a man who understands that, that they're maybe a little bit more masculine. They're not so feminine, girly, girly, you know, like a Barbie. They're, they're more of like that country girl. Those men will have maybe a little more of the feminine aspect, you know, like the, not meaning that they're feminine like us. It's more like, it's beautiful to have, I, my husband has it. Like he has both. Yeah. And I love that about him. You know, he has the the qualities of the feminine, which is like the creative, the flow, the intuitive, like he has all of these beautiful aspects. Mm -hmm. And then he has like the logic, the reason, the structure of the masculine. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how can we as women, again, come back to ourselves and learn to be in, in divine flow of both of them within ourselves. And I mean, balance is not really a word I like to use because I never believe we're like fully balanced it's always like either one more than the other but it's like being able to bring an awareness to yourself of like when you're maybe in one a lot more than the other and like oh I'm really in my masculine right now how can I like move into my feminine and also know that the man that you're with or the woman that you're with woman to woman man to man whatever it is that partner that you're with is there to teach you something yeah and so what is it that they're teaching you? Right. You know? Yeah. I think, I think when I think of balance in this, you know, subject, in this topic, I think more of like the flow, the ebb and flow of, mm-hmm. um, of what's happening. And that's how it's kind of a balance because you're both balancing each other out. And when it becomes toxic or negative or um, constricting or repelling (laughs) is Mm -hmm. when um, we're not in the flow and we're wanting to occupy the same space in the relationship, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, If you're trying to be the masculine while your husband is, is clearly in that space of being the masculine in the relationship, then it's, then that's when conflict happens or when there's uh, that feeling like he was feeling of, right yeah unwanted hey it's me I just wanted to let you guys know that I am a certified life coach and I have been coaching and mentoring people for over a decade now I specialize with issues of the soul no surprise there and can help you realign with your values and purpose, break free from emotional blockages and negative thought patterns, and you will feel motivated and encouraged to take the necessary steps to living a fulfilling life. My clients are people just like you who want to have connected and positive relationships with their friends, family, and significant others, break free from addictions and bad habits, heal emotional issues and trauma, and experience spiritual breakthrough and energetic healing. Because as we go through life, we encounter challenges and hardships, and sometimes we need someone to help us keep going or to make adjustments that enable us to overcome and grow, and most of all, enjoy our life. My sessions are designed so that you are completely free to address whatever you feel is most important. 
If you are interested in meeting with me one-on-one, then go to WhitneyApke.com forward slash coaching and sign up. Your first session is on me. To kind of bring it back to attracting, how do we attract you know, that kind of relationship that's powerful and healthy. And so that's maybe, maybe we're in that place where we're showing up for ourselves and we're really actively participating in our self, you know, improvement, development, um, in our growth and our healing process. And so what is like, maybe the next step, like you're showing up for yourself, you're, you're definitely in it for you. You're investing in yourself how do we then attract that? Does that just naturally happen or are there any steps or things that we should do? It's, um, so I have a program called Calling in Your King. And basically the program is about preparing yourself for powerful partnership. Mm. Or if you're in a relationship, it's about um, building the emotional body and becoming the space internally to hold the love you say you want in your life. So that can mean up-leveling and expanding the relationship you have with your partner or your husband or whoever it be. Um, And so in that program, we basically take a journey. And like I just said, the first thing I believe is our relationship with ourselves, I. Then the next thing I would say, and this is actually like module three, is getting clear on what you want and need in a relationship. This is vital and this is what I would call standards. And my from my experience of working with women all over the world, when I start working with a woman, I'll say, okay, what are your standards like within a relationship? And they'll be like, or I'll say, do you know your standards? And they'll be like, yeah, I know what my standards are. And I'm like, okay, what are they? <laughs> and the woman, the woman will go, well, um, well, I really want him to have like brown hair and like tan skin um, and like tall, funny, (laughs) um, you know, maybe a good job. Like this is what they start saying to me. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, all right, so like what else are your standards? Like tell me a little more. And then they're like, I don't really know. Every single woman I work with says that. I don't really know. And so this is just a like a clear indicator of where the work needs to be done. Right. You get what you are. If you are wishy-washy in what you want and need in a relationship in life, you will attract wishy-washy. You get what you are. And so a big part of the work I do with women is like helping them get clear on what they want and need in, in a relationship. And there's also a couple of other really amazing um people out there actually one of my best friends her name's Erica Vargas she's based in Texas she's also a relationship coach amazing um does this exact work like helping women get clear on what they want and need too she's another one I would highly recommend um but basically what what you need to do is like get very clear on what you want and need and it has to be measurable and specific because men like clear direction Mm -hmm. so it needs to be specific and the beautiful thing is like when you get so clear on this and I'll share this with you because it's just so beautiful I've I got clear on my standards probably three years ago and it was my friend Erica that I just spoke about that helped me get clear on it so I got clear then when I met my husband last year at Burning Man I was riding (laughs) along the playa like looking up at the stars and I was like spirit I'm ready I'm open bring me this man and that was like and then I like was riding my bike and I imagined my heart opening as I'm riding along like I was doing this little meditation with myself (laughs) anyway I got to this stage and I was standing at the stage and my friend Preston do you know Preston Smiles yes love him Uh, He's one of my really close friends and so he was with me and so he stood in front of me and he put his arms out and he gave me this big hug and he was like, Ames, I love you and I don't tell you enough. And he said, I'm so proud of you and I'd never tell you that enough either. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he just gave me a few hugs and he stood beside me and we're listening to the music and he's like, you know what? He's like, the man who takes your hand in marriage is going to be one very lucky man. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, thanks, P. And then literally three moments later, literally like within like a minute, I turned this way and I see Jonathan, my husband, 
And I looked at him and I looked back at Preston and I said, hey, P, see that guy in the red jacket? He's like, yeah. I said, that's my future husband. And he said to me, go and talk to him. And I'm like, yeah, I will. So I went over to my husband and I was like, excuse me. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I think you're really handsome and I can't take my eyes off you. And he was like, oh, I feel the same. And literally from that moment on, we were inseparable for the rest of Burning Man. Anyway, why I say this is because our relationship began in that moment. Like we, it was instant. Then we get back to LA. I got back like four days before him um, after Burning Man had finished. And then he works at Burning Man for one of the camps. So he was a little bit behind me. He comes back to LA. He calls me. He's like, can I take you for dinner? I was like, yes, please picks me up, takes me out for dinner. And we're sitting at dinner this one night and he sat there and he said to me, "Um, so would you be able to share with me what your standards are? Because I really want to make sure that I can meet them. And I'm not joking. I nearly fell off my chair. I went blank. I couldn't remember any of my standards (laughs) because, because like to me, that would be a dream for a guy to actually ask me, like, what are your standards? That's a dream for me. And then this man sitting in front of me and he actually said that to me. And I I couldn't remember. Like I I literally was like flabbergasted. And the the reason I say this is because I was so clear in what I wanted and needed that I attracted a man that literally sat in front of me and asked me, what are your standards? Because I want to make sure I can meet them. And so when when you get clear on what you want and need, you will just naturally attract that. Like seriously, you will. And the second part to that is, you know, you get to be clear on what you want and need and then you get to be clear on what you have to give that man in a relationship. What do you have to offer the relationship? Like, you know, it's good to have your wants and needs. Firstly, you need to make sure everything that you have written as a want and a need you're being that already mm-hmm. because we get what we are. So if you're not in alignment, if you're like, oh, I want a monogamous man that does this, but then you're out having sex with three different guys every week, you'll get what you are. You'll get a man that just wants to go and have fun and like be um, open relating, you know? So it's like you, you have to be so specific and you have to make sure you are being everything that you want and need. And then don't forget to like, look at what you have to offer. Like how exciting that you have all of these things to offer this man in your life, you know? So So that, that would be like the first part. And then second part would be looking at what your relationship with men looks like. Like, how do you relate with men? How do you talk to men? When a man walks into your space, do you clam up? Um, Do you look at him in the eyes? Can you have a conversation with men, like men collective, like old men, young boys, like on the like whole spectrum, like from like a very worldwide view, how do you relate with men? And does that need to be redefined and healed? Because for a lot of women, it does. Yeah. That's so amazing. Like, thank you so much for sharing this because it's just, oh, like I'm getting so many nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) you're talking and, um, oh gosh, I just think it's so cool that he asked you, what are your standards? Because right there, right in that moment, you understand, and he's communicating very clearly his intentions. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, you can't get any clearer than that. Basically he's saying, I'm fully invested and I want to make sure that you know that, and that I also invest in the ways that you value most. And that's Mm -hmm. crazy. Awesome. Yeah. So really how you attract is that you have it defined for yourself. You can't attract what you don't know you want. So Mm -hmm. basically you have to know what you want and you have to have it very clearly defined for yourself, very clear in your heart, what you want and need and Um, and then on top of that, you want to make sure that you can be open and Mm -hmm. relatable to men and that you have nothing blocking or hindering you, whether that's in your mentalities, mindsets, or emotional, um, Mm -hmm. uh, blockages or anything like that. Um, that's really cool. Um, in, so 
you've kind of named a few, but in what ways can we hinder ourselves from attracting that kind of relationship? Is that purely just not having any, you know, definitions of what we want and need and not being open? Is there anything else that could maybe hinder us from attracting the relationship that we want? Does hinder mean like stop us? Like yeah. from I really like I I really love the body and talking about the body and how sometimes we don't have space in our body for what we want in our life. And one thing that I feel can like hinder us from creating that in our life is our language and the the words that we speak and think on a daily basis. Because I'm a big believer that every word we think and speak is planning and creating our future. So I'm going to share with you like a, it just comes to my mind and it's my own, it's a story I used to have and say. Um, about five years ago, one of my really good friends, he, him and I would go to the gym together every day. And I was, I've always wanted to fall in love with a man, like to, to have this beautiful love, to get married, to have a family. Like I've always wanted love like I've yearned for that in a way and it's Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing it more now like how much I yearned for it like before and it was like I wasn't like quite I thought I was happy but I wasn't actually quite happy until I had that in my life and so I'm seeing this now looking back and reflecting like oh everyone else saw that but I didn't until now and so um I would go to the gym with my friend every morning and he was a couple of years younger than me, but he would always attract older women. Hmm. However, he was always positive in his language and like, oh yeah, I, I love older women. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm putting it out there that the next woman I date, she's around 40 and that she's um, like already got a couple of children and that she's like done a little bit of work on herself. And like, she's, a little more mature, you know, like that's what I'm attracting. Mm. And I was like, oh, cool. And so then he, I would watch him attract these women, exactly what he was like asking for. And I'm like, and I said to him one day, we're working out and I was like, you always like, you say you're going to attract a woman. And then like two weeks later, there's this woman in your life that's that. And I'm like, what, what do you think's going on with me? Like, why don't, like no guys ever reach out to me no guys ever talk to me. No one ever like messages me, flirts with me, nothing, nothing. And he's like, well, think about what you say every day. And I was like, what do I say? And he said, every single day, he said, at least once while we're working out, you say, I don't need a man in my life. I'm happy on my own. And I, and I was like, wait, do I really say that? And he was like, yeah, Amy, at least once every time I'm with you and we would see each other every day and I was like oh my gosh and I went home that day and I just like sat on my couch and I started getting these flashbacks of every time I say that and it literally had become a part of my psyche like it became a habit for me to say that now what this is doing like you know I don't need a man in my life I'm happy on my own but deep down I yearned for love I just wanted to be in love with a man but my language and my energy wasn't matching my desire, Mm. you know? And so here I am saying this thing. So then the universe is like, and so it is, Amy, no men are coming your way because (laughs) that's what you keep saying. And so in that moment, when I realized that, thankfully to him, um, I shifted that story to I'm happy within myself and I'm open to finding love. And now, like even in my, like even now that's so ingrained in me, I'm happy within myself and I'm so deserving of love, you know, like in my relationship now and, and it's real, I'm so big on our language and, you know, I can sit here and talk this and I still have to catch myself because, you know, in my relationship right now, I could, like, if I thought about it, I'm sure I could find many ways that my language has affected my relationship. So it's like constant work and constant practice. But what are you telling yourself? Like, what are you saying? Like, oh, no, I'm working on myself right now. I don't have time for a man. BS. Like, that's the biggest BS story I've ever heard in my life because you can be working on yourself and fall in love. Like, 
you're always going to be working on yourself. You're always going to be deep, maybe for some people, maybe not, but like you're always going to end. Let me just add this. The moment you go into a relationship, that's when the real work begins. Trust me. I'm like learning this. I heard it so much. Now I'm in this marriage. I've entered into the most deepest healing and growth I've ever had in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's uncomfortable. It's icky. It's ugh, like all of these things. But at the same time, like it's necessary and beautiful and yes and thank you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I've experienced that where um, I think a relationship really is kind of, in a sense, a catalyst, like every interaction, because it it accesses a part of your heart that you can't access on your own. You know, you have, you're being vulnerable with somebody else and you're sharing being vulnerable with somebody else and they get to see you, um, all of you, and that can be unnerving and, um, and they can also point out things or show you things about yourself, maybe not even intentionally. It's just a part of being in the relationship um, that you can see and, and be like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't realize I have that. Cause even as you were saying that I have said that I have said that exact thing that has been my narrative for years prior to when I, I also realized it and was like, oh my gosh, what am I saying? I'm, I'm basically saying I don't need a man and therefore I don't want one yet. I'm going all the way up the highway, you know, for hours and doing this huge circle around the San Francisco Bay area, crying and praying and asking God to give me the man, you know, that I, I long for. And here I'm, I'm longing and I'm, I'm struggling and suffering in my own making of what I've been speaking and putting out there, because it's not just the universe giving you that it's also just energetically you're, Mm -hmm. you're putting this energy and this, this feeling, this sense out there that is, it's kind of like a man repellent. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Um, I I wanted to, I wanted to add something else that this is, and this is all what works for me. Um, and it's my truth. It doesn't mean it's the actual truth for everybody. But um, so I'm very big on prayer and every single morning I pray. It's like the, the one thing that I'm very committed to every single day. Now, coming back to language again, and I mean, I speak this a lot and, you know, a lot of people say like I'm praying I'm praying but like why don't I get what I pray for like you can replace the word pray with manifesting or um, setting an intention or whatever it is for me it's prayer and what is needed is to learn how to pray in a good way for what you actually do want rather than praying for what you don't want and what I hear through people because I actually teach people how to pray in a good way it's like, say, I'll give you an example. So praying in a bad way would look like this. Um, for me, it's great spirit, but it can be God, Jesus, Buddha, Allah, whatever it is for, um, for you. But for me, it's like great spirit. I'm raising a prayer. I'm raising a blessing today to um, connect deeply with my husband and um, bring joy to our relationship today and to Um, continue to come back to our hearts and to rise in love and actually wait this is the good way I'm I'm sharing with you the good way like to to rise in love and to um, to love each other as much as we can like we did in the day we met or something like that praying in a bad way would look like this great spirit I like I'm calling in this man into my life that um doesn't treat me how the last guy treated me and isn't abusive. And, you know, God, Jesus, I'm praying that, you know, the next man like actually decides to treat me better than the last guy. And can you, can you kind of get the gist? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is what I hear a lot. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, so when you're saying, God, like I'm praying for a man to come into my life that doesn't treat me how the last guy treated me. 
all God hears is, doesn't treat me how the last guy treated me, doesn't treat me. And so then you get another guy who's treating you the same way as the last guy versus if you're like, spirit, I'm ready, I'm open, I'm raising this prayer today to call in a man who who vibes with me, who's, um, you know, open and emotionally available and is ready to co-create with me and create magic and have a family with me and grow together. Great spirit, God, is like, oh, okay, let me get her one step closer to that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you start praying for what you don't want, you'll get more of what you don't want, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you have to be so specific in how you pray. And one of my spiritual teachers, um, he said to me once, you know, be careful how you pray. He taught me how to pray. He said, be careful how you pray. If you pray for patience, expect many challenging lessons that will teach you patience and will be very painful. So be careful how you pay for, pray for patience. And it's so true. Yeah. You know, we, we don't understand that until we understand it. Mm-hmm. I hope that made sense. <laughs> totally and completely because in the way not to pray, you're focusing on the negative, even though you're asking for not having, not experiencing that again, you're focusing on it instead of saying, this is what I want. You're saying what you don't want and that's all you're saying. So there's no, you're not defining what you want by just saying you don't Mm -hmm. want what you just had. Um, So that totally makes sense because again, you're defining it for yourself. And if you don't define it for yourself or for God or the universe source, the great spirit, then you, you won't experience it. You won't recognize it, right? Uh, when it happens, when it comes into your life and you won't be able to attract it either. So that's, that's really good. So you talked a lot about unlearning and I saw even a post a couple days ago, I think two days ago, California time, uh, (laughs) you posted about unlearning a lot of things. And I know for myself, I've, I've recognized a lot of harmful behaviors, especially in a relationship, you realize it even more than when you're like single and it's just friendships and your family that you have around you. But when you're in a relationship, you start to realize, you know, harmful behaviors like self-protection or projection, or like we've been talking about manipulation and control. And Mm -hmm. what has been your process of unlearning those harmful behaviors? How can we, how can we unlearn it and how can we heal from it? I mean, I feel like I'm right in the midst of this right now. I think firstly, creating the awareness around your own behaviours. And and to be honest, I feel like we don't see this until spirit, God source, is ready for us to see it. Because, you know, I've been deep in this work for a long time. I've never seen that I'm controlling. I haven't. Even though I'm deep in the work, never saw it just saw it as like a good thing that I was doing, you know? And so it's like now through my relationship, I've been handed this gift if I choose to look at it that way of like, hey, this is something that has been showing up in your life. And to go a step further, um, I ask my friends for feedback because I want to learn and grow and see how I can show up more powerfully in all of my relationships. And so I ask like, my inner circle, like a few of my close friends, hey, can you give me feedback? Here's some questions for you. And um, one of my really good friends, she said to me the other day, she's like, Ames, like, like you control everywhere in your life. And I'm like, do I really? And she's like, yes. Like she's like, I see it clearly. But she's like, I can't tell you that. Like you have to see it yourself. And I'm like, damn, like now like from through different conversations and feedback and things like this spirit is like it's time for you to see this and so now like as I'm seeing it like I've created that awareness around it like oh it's here I've been controlling and manipulating and all the things unconsciously I haven't intended to do that like never was my intention but I have now been given this gift of seeing like, hey, this is how you've been showing up. So there's two ways I can go. 
And I've been down both paths in the last week. I can go into victim and, um, oh, poor me, and I'm a failure and I've been all these things and I've ruined my relationship and I could go down that path. But really, that's not going to do anything for my relationship or myself. It's just going to be more destructive. Or I can go, okay, I have the awareness. Whoa, like this is how I've been showing up. Okay, now I have a choice because awareness creates choice. Now I have the choice to shift these ways of being within myself that are not effective, Mm. you know, and are holding me back in many ways. And the the biggest way is like with the man I love, like affecting my relationship with the man I love because I want to be in control of something or, or like, you know, have everything in order or like, you know, like be the leader mm-hmm. and it's not working, you know? And so for me, really, it's, it's about compassion for myself. Um, it's about um, uh, self-forgiveness because what happens, I just spoke this on my podcast actually, when we have done wrong unintentionally and we go into this blaming ourselves for it, it's not serving our relationship. And so if we can go to God and ask God or spirit, source, universe for forgiveness, like I'm having a hard time. Can you, if you're here with me, please help me to forgive myself for this, this thing. Once we have that forgiveness, we can forgive ourselves. you know, like if we, if we ask for that support in doing so, and once we've forgiven ourselves, we can actually then create space to lean deeper into love. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. So, yeah, I feel like it's like self-forgiveness, awareness first, making that choice, like, okay, this isn't working, like for me or my relationships, controlling, manipulating, whatever it is. Let me like step back and listen like listening versus like step back listen create space you know to to create a new context in in your life and in your relationship yes yes oh so good so many nuggets amy (laughs) i know i could keep i could just keep talking all day about this stuff oh do you have any um because i want to wrap up and be mindful of your time do you have any last maybe nuggets that you would want to end on in respect to attracting powerful and healthy relationships? You know, like the, the one thing that comes to me is, is whether you call it prayer or intention or whatever it is for you, like finding something that you can pray to, set intention to, to talk to, finding God, source, great spirit, like whatever it is for you and, and creating a practice around that every day. And, and, you know, what I do is whenever I pray, I, firstly, I always say thank you. And my prayer is like, you know, I'll always say, I mean, maybe I'm a little hippie, but I've, my, my teachers are native Indian and that's my way. Like, that's how I do it. So I have even like right now I have fire beside my laptop and I have water, the two elements, because when you pray to water, your prayers are amplified. Mm-hmm. And so water is very powerful. And I speak to the fire, the spirit of the fire. And so every time I pray, I have the water and the fire with me and I pray and I say, thank you first. And I always say thank you to the water because water is life. And water is like, we are made up of mostly water. Water is everywhere that we are, whether you have a glass of water beside you right now, or it's like you turn a tap on and it comes out or the shower or, you know, like everywhere you go, there's water. And if we actually watch the water, it will teach us like in a cup, it can be still at the ocean. It goes in and out. Like, um, you know, it flows or sometimes it's destructive. It's like literally our reflection. The storm clouds come over and it's like, 
oh, uncomfortable. And then it passes and the sun shines again. So it's like nature is our biggest teacher really, but finding some kind of practice that you can do, which could be two minutes every day where you go and you have your sacred space and an altar or something where you just pray mm-hmm. or set an intention. If you don't like the word pray and you don't res- resonate with God, just speak to the universe, set an intention like, hey, thank you so much for this life. Thank you for this desk that I'm working from. Thank you for the food that nourishes me. Thank you. Yes and thank you. If that's your your prayer, that's your prayer. Yes and thank you. And then you can say, I'm raising this blessing today or I'm raising a prayer to call in this into my life. Mm. A man that's like, you know, treats me beautifully as I treat him. A man that holds me, loves me and supports me as I move through my processes. A man that is ready to co-create with me and is fully ready to commit. Like pray for what you do want and make that part of your daily practice because if you can start speaking in that way, eventually your language will just become that Mm -hmm. and then you will attract what you are. That was long. (laughs) No, it was good. (laughs) That's what it was. It was good, Amy. Thank you so much for sharing your heart, your experiences, your wisdom, your insight. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It was an honor to be on here. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Amy as much as I did and caught all of those nuggets she was given out about attracting powerful and healthy relationships. Go check her out on Instagram at Amy Louise Cash and her podcast, Wake Up Sisterhood. If you're a single lady and want to attract a powerful and healthy relationship, she has an amazing program called Calling in Your King. Go to her website with amyluisecash.com forward slash work dash with dash me to sign up. And you can also work with Amy one-on-one. She honestly is so amazing and you will benefit from every word that she speaks into your life. Soulish is not only a podcast, but a community where we can relate to each other and support each other in our soul journeys. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I am Soulish. I can't wait to connect with you there.